I swear. Wrestling Podcast. Hello. Hi. Your eyes music. I know. I wanted to ruin it because you always ruin my laters at the end. So you've never been able to establish that as a thing, but I've been. No, able I, to tried. Hello I tried. I tried. I tried. Every week I try, every time you go, <laughs> and it's hilarious every single week. And it's not really, for anyone listening at home, it's not, you're listening to the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast, by the way, um, and for anyone listening at home, um, it's not really the, I'm not really finding amusement in the fact that I get to have the last word, it's uh, Andy's reaction to me getting the last word, he just gets so angry. Well, is it worth, you, so when we started this podcast, we, we said half facetiously, we could, we could have mugs, we could have t-shirts, and... That latest so, thing that you so, say, we'll have that on a T-shirt. So you thought that you were going to be so, walking around in a in a fluorescent yellow T-shirt <laughs> saying "laters." I had the full intention of we were going to become like you know the Bruce and Comrade of the UK, but so instead you just line, killed it straight away. What would away. my line be? I don't know. You come up with it. Hi, welcome my, to the A Squared Circle mate, Wrestling Podcast. Maybe my line would be "laters" because I do get to say it every week. Like well, last, might as well be now. Loudest. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, thank you. Joe, how things get over? How? Repetition, repetition, repetition. And that's how this podcast has got over, because we're on, what episode are we on now? Uh, nearly 30, maybe 30. Uh, I'm going to with that I'm check, you just keep talking. But we are back on our w- regular, regular schedule. Wednesday schedule. Regular schedule, yeah. yeah. We're back to regularly scheduled programming, so very sorry about the bumpy road that we had as we discussed. So this week, um, we have, uh, we, this is the second one we've done this week, isn't it? And, yeah. Uh, the other one only went up yesterday, so you, you've really been in for a treat, haven't you? So it was an interesting format, wasn't it? Like yeah, but we've had nothing but positive. You were. Uh, we've had nothing but positive uh, reviews from everyone who listened. Yep. The only negativity we've had from it came from yourself. When? Before, during, and after. Oh, when I said, "This is I don't really like it." Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but then you come back. Words. Yeah, but there's always. Did you uh, listen back to it? Yeah, I have. I, did you always, enjoy I always it? listen back to it. Um, yeah, I did enjoy it far more, but there's been episodes where we've done this, where we've finished recording, and I've gone, mate, that was really boring. And then, actually, it comes out really good. When, well, at least in my opinion, it's come out really good. So I don't think we've had any, uh, many, or if any, bad reviews on iTunes. So um, We've had one one-star review. One, one, I, that's there's, right. Yeah. There's, lots of, uh, there's lots of suspects, isn't there? Mm. There's a... There's lots of suspects of people, you know, who, who've done that. Yeah. It's just not nice, is it? No. Just completely unnecessary. If you've, got, if you've got nothing nice to say, then just don't say it. Do you know what I mean? So, so th- while on this note, I ran a little show last summer, and it's completely unallocated seating, okay? It's one price, you come in, right? What's, what's the price, about two quid? Seven quid. Oh, okay. <laughs> just a family-friendly <laughs> show, Andy. I'm joking. Okay? I'm joking. It's not in a very particularly affluent area. And it's, uh, yeah, and it's, it's, I guess, representative of a quality that was being produced. No, not true, no? actually. Everyone okay. says, great show, Andy. Thank you so much for a okay. good night. All right? I'm sorry, I'm just being horrible. Sorry people don't talk about it on Twitter. I, I just, I'm just okay. being horrible because, okay. yeah. Dan the Man McGee was on the bill. Zoe Lucas was on the bill. Some quality professionals were on the bill. So, uh, anyway... Uh, this young man, he kept texting me over and over. He didn't realise it was me, or, but my number's obviously on the post. He kept texting me, kept texting me, he said, oh, please, can you reserve me two tickets? And I said, well, it's not re-allocated seating, but if you get here early enough, you know, it shouldn't be an issue. And he kept saying, he kept saying, uh, you know, probably, I'd say, eight text messages I get regarding the same subject. So uh, I was like, okay, mate, leave it with me. I'll make sure your name is on two front row seats so you get the best seat. Oh, I did it happily. Like, it wasn't, like, fed up with him or anything. I was like, okay, fine, fair enough. So he leaves me a review on my Facebook page. And how many stars he left me? Three. Four. Uh-huh. Four out of five. 
Which so is still all right. I'm still happy with four out of five. But you go above and beyond for some people. It's, it's really funny because I was uh, I was having a similar conversation with that. I swear earlier on today, right? So on gigantic tickets, this is going to lead to a slew of people going over to gigantic and giving me four star reviews. But four star reviews upset me a lot, right? Mm -hmm. But we have a series of so. The average Revolution Pro Wrestling, because bearing in mind, not many people actually write reviews, right? But we have had over the years 171 reviews since we've been using Gigantic Ticket. The okay. average rating is a 4.8. Mm -hmm. um, generally, we get five-star reviews, right? So for Epic Encounter, which you said was perhaps your favorite York Hall show. Yes. Um, we have got, I think there's something like 18 reviews. So they review the event afterwards? Yeah, they? yeah. 18 five-star reviews. Okay. And one three-star review oh and that person who posted anonymously wrote the first few matches were not up to scratch and i was beginning to think i'd have to go home early but after that things got going the venue was too hot and there was no food available <laughs> well he's entitled to the <laughs> he is yeah. i'm just saying right uh, yeah and i and and do you know what upsets me more than anything mm -hmm. right and I, again i don't mind so i've got f someone here <coughs> right he's giving me a four-star review right who wrote, great show as always, diverse range of performers from UK, US, Japan, and Australia. Great matches. He doesn't sound like he could be more happy. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, if it was out of 100 and he gave you, like, 96, fair enough. Yeah, I'd, I'd take it. But four out of five. This one, yeah. this one from a, a, another show we did. Three stars he gave me, but the quote was, good, solid event, great wrestling, always well put on shows, and really strong performances in the ring. But still, only three stars. Just average, right? Might have been a, might have been a, a, a <laughs> hopefully, typo. An hopefully an accident. Yeah, yeah. hopefully you meant to give more. Um, whilst we're let's just keep going here. Um, <laughs> Spend an hour reading reviews. Oh, okay. so this one, right? So this one, this is one of my cockpit shows, right? So thanks for the review, Dave. Um, so Dave wrote, nice little venue and good facilities. We'll definitely go again. Although, eat before you go, as there's no McDonald's, etc. in the area. Although there is a, um, a Burger King at, near the train station, which is 10 to 15 minute walk, with a Tesco, Tesco's Express slightly closer. So, I've been downgraded a star, based on the fact there's not a McDonald's next <laughs> to the venue. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. Okay. Um, well, so, so, my point is, please... Just right. If you if you enjoy it and you mean it, just leave five stars instead of leaving four. It's completely pointless. We like we like five star reviews, and especially when they, when you know my case, especially go above and beyond to help this young man make sure he gets seats he wants. Four, thanks. Yeah. Um, anyway, what else is new? I'm just. You're going to spend the next hour scrolling this website now. Yeah, not I even read, not even reading them out loud, just in your head. <laughs> I'm reading them in my head. I'm just looking for four star reviews and looking for why. Um, uh, why I've got four star reviews. Did anyone give a review about the Southampton show you ran on Sunday? No one yet, but I think it takes a few days to come through. Okay. So, um, yeah. Mm. So, what are we talking about? Go on. Well, well, what else have you been doing? I think it means what pretty obvious you had a show Sunday. We, we did a whole, <laughs> we were there. We, we did a whole we were there. podcast about it. Yeah, so I had a show on Sunday. That was nice. Enjoyed that a lot. Um... The, as you heard from my my sadness during the show, my uh, we had to do a bit more bit of a bit of an edit job uh, that night and the following morning. I did. Oh, for, it, the, for the for the for the on demand. Yeah, for the on demand. Um, so I got that sorted. Got it up by Monday night. Actually, I was well quite done. impressed with my 
my turnaround time. Cool. Um, as we're juggling towards, uh, you know, the, the Strong Style Evolved UK events, which obviously big big shows coming up at the end of this month. It's come around super quickly, actually, um, which is kind of scary. But um, the, a lot of stuff goes into that. Obviously, international flights, coaches, hotels, all the, you know, all the production and the little intricate bits um, that that you don't really think about. And uh, so that's been taking me a lot, uh, taking up a lot of time. Is Marty Jones invited to this one? He's always invited. Is he? Oh, I'll text him and let him know. Yeah, come on down. We don't need a commissioner. <laughs> there might be a wage packet for him, but, but he can come on. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's it. in, where are they, Remind? Uh, Coventry and... No, Milton Keynes Milton and Manchester. Keynes. Yeah, so uh, it's nearby. So down the road, Manchester one to him. So yeah. ho- you know, hopefully he will come along. I'll text him. Yeah. Um, always good to have a chat with Marty. Um, maybe we get the next training seminar booked in. Yeah, that no one can turn up to. Yeah, lazy and then complain why they're not getting these opportunities yeah. that some others are who do know Marty so there yeah. you go yeah that's another story for another day isn't it and you've yeah. already been told off for ragging on trainees on this podcast haven't you yeah so get all kinds we, of know, we know the conscience listens every now and again so. <laughs> I like that line the conscience because it's like do you remember when Undertaker used to come down he's the, the conscience, conscience of, of the WWF w- but, yeah. but isn't it weird how that came because where did that where did like so obviously like yes he was a locker room leader but uh, now I'm speculating purely as a WWF fan, but was it not based on the Bret Hart Vince McMahon screw job? Like he, yeah, maybe was it that, yeah, I maybe. But like I, d- I just don't understand where it came from in commentary. Where why the dead man suddenly becomes <laughs> the conscience of of the WWF? Mm, I don't know. If anyone knows, if you can let us know, yeah, that'd be Please pretty do. sweet. Tweet at us. Yeah, um, and we've had a. We, we've, I think we've got. I don't. Have we gone viral yet with this Chris Brooks video? Have I managed to? Well, it's got. It, last I saw, um, it had over twenty thousand views. Does that count as viral? I don't know. Or is it, it halfway there? Well, you know, your normal Chris Brooks video, bless his it's heart, not. wouldn't get twenty thousand views, would it? No. I mean, the the subject matter is obviously um, probably what people are interested in. Hmm. And he got the email. He, he's, he replied, he's not got. He's not got a northern accent. <laughs> he replied and he said, it, "I'm how, staying." What? How? <laughs> I'm not very good at the Brummie one. I'm good at some. I don't even think he sounds like he's a, got a Brummie no, accent. No, he does does he? He's, he's, he's Midlands-y, Yeah, certainly. But it certainly not. Certainly sounds nothing. It certainly sounds nothing like your uh, your attempt. Just uh, yeah. But it was a very good video. Check it out. It's. Uh, it's easy to find, I'm sure, if you a search. Declaration of Independence. I guess it was is what yeah. I called it. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, that's like just clever marketing, isn't mm. it? Okay. A marketing. Yeah. Why don't we talk? Why don't we talk about that for five minutes? Oh, it's it's upset me. Why do you want to upset me? Well, it's a touchy subject, but I think people are interested and want to know. Wind me up. That's what. Well, you, you wind me up, and I'll wind you, you go? up. Yeah, I'll go out and smash your face <laughs> if you want. <laughs> that's, but that's actually probably the second time you threatened to punch me this on this podcast. You've, Just you, this podcast. You, you, you threatened to punch me on the podcast on Sunday as well. Oh, did didn't I? You? Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's the second time. Just in case anyone's listening, if anything happens to <laughs> me, we have evidence. Yeah, that's and, prime uh, suspect. And and just so everyone knows, he's well off as well. So we're am know, I? We're taking not anymore. I've got, got kids. He's got inheritance, so, so which I haven't got yet. So. Yeah. But he will do one day, and we'll take that from him, fans. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, my relatives will pump it into Revolution Pro Wrestling. And waste it. All right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so come on, let's talk about it. People oh, people want to hear about it, and, you know, we don't need to go into contract details, but we can sort of discuss how, you know, Ginny, Travis Banks, 
I was about to say Chris Brooks, obviously not Chris Brooks. You know, guys who were regularly regularly featured on Revolution Pro shows will not be allowed to do so anymore. Yep. That's the case. <laughs> yeah, that's the case, yeah. What do you want me to say? Well, like, uh, it was... Uh, we were aware that the guys were all going to... Uh, had all signed with WWE. We didn't think it would be an issue. Because it wasn't an issue last time. It wasn't an issue last time. And we've always got along with WWE. I, I thought we had. Even as... We, we talked about it in the podcast, I think, but... Even as recently as nine months ago, they used your footage for like SummerSlam or something, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, some, they used my footage for SummerSlam. Um, called me up on the day of SummerSlam asking to use a footage. I uh, I let them use it. Yeah. So, so as far as you were aware, there wasn't an the, the, we we issue. I thought we were mates. Mm. I thought we were pals. Um, and what else do I think about it? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I said to you like... This could probably all be resolved with one phone call, but, mm. well, maybe not one phone call, but maybe a couple of phone calls, but potentially be resolved with one phone call. But what you said to me was it just creates an opportunity um, for other wrestlers and for you to, for Revolution Pro Wrestling to bring something different. Yes. And like I say, so we, we didn't know that, we, like, we, we didn't know that we weren't going to be able to use them. I s- I'd heard rumours. It's weird, like you, you hear stuff in the, just circulates round and I'd heard rumours that you know you're not going to be able to use the guys that sign and obviously we know that with ITV World of Sport WWE got more aggressive and signed a ton more guys um, and I had heard through the grapevine that not being able to work for Rev Pro was would have been one of the, the conditions of it but other people had denied that um, and some people had said they'd asked specifically when talking about their contracts, if they'd be able to work for RevPro, and they were told they would be. And then, um, even the day before, we, we thought, still thought that, you know, we'd still be able to use Travis Banks and Ginny, etc. And then that afternoon, we found out we couldn't. The following afternoon, we found out we couldn't. So, um, it's kind of unfortunate. We had a lot of fun stuff planned with both of them. Um, but like you say, it's, uh, again, like I don't, I want to make some a couple of things perfectly clear. Let's 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 use this podcast to set the record straight. Call your friends. Tell tell them to listen to the A Squared Circle Wrestling give podcast. Give it a share and tell them that Andy Quilden's about to shoot because he's a straight shooter. And uh, um, but I I don't. So everyone who's everyone who's signed, I completely understand their reasons for signing that there's no uh, there's no shame in them doing what they've done because that's their aspirations and where they want to get to within the professional wrestling world and for the majority of people WWE is professional wrestling it is the be all and end all and it is the um, it's a pinnacle and it is and I you know like you said I think you even alluded to it a couple of weeks ago you said when you got into wrestling all you wanted to do was be able to tell people that you'd wrestled for WWE yeah that was you know the the goal and then perhaps you should have been a little bit more ambitious after that goal but that was that was a pinnacle and that is for so many people that's what it is and, and what these UK contracts have done is presented people with the opportunity to work for WWE and you know I, I, I'm i still a, a fan of professional wrestling and you know I see the attraction of, of, of WWE and there's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with anyone trying to further their further professional wrestling careers um, so I you know I wouldn't say a bad word against anyone who's who's decided that that's the avenue they want to take their careers um so i just wanted to kind of obviously get that 
that straight. I'm not sat here going, like, oh, I don't believe they've they've left me. <laughs> you know, I don't want that to be uh, the, the narrative which comes out of this because, uh, you know, like I say, they've all got an opportunity. They've got given a platform to perform, to show the world what they can do. And I genuinely hope they can achieve it. Likewise, WWE have got no obligation whatsoever to, you know, if they're paying guys a salary and they're giving guys a job, they have no obligation whatsoever to let me use them. You know, it's just business, isn't it? You know, they, they don't have to have me use their guys. Now, I personally am of, of the opinion that if they're going to let guys work everywhere else but RevPro and Defiant, which is a, which I guess is a, the way it's been shaped at the moment, um, I think that that seems a bit... Um, hey, it seems that, again, like I... I've said like it seems like we're being perceived as Revolution Pro Wrestling being perceived as a threat of some kind, which I can assure you, we're absolutely not in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I take that as a compliment, more, compliment more than anything. The fact that my name would even be on on their lips, and I mean, I you know, like I say, I've had my conversations with WWE. We we spoke a, a, a year or so back, um, and uh, and they expressed interest in in working alongside Revolution Pro Wrestling. Um, conversations never really progressed for a you know a variety of reasons um but we you know we had conversations as far as i was concerned we were kind of we were still on good terms you know and i think that's something what i've always prided myself in being able to do is kind of try and be mates with everyone because i don't see the point in trying to you know like a what's the point in trying to fight over crumbs yeah you know? sure yeah. like uh and 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 especially what's the point in trying to fight with WWE because, they're, you know, there's such a big... It's not even... What WWE do and what we do is, is, is a completely different planet, you know. It's not even the, it's not even the same... It's not even the same universe. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Um, so, we... Um, I don't even know what I'm saying. So, like, I, yeah, I was, I was kind of... You know, we, we didn't expect it to happen. We had plans for the guys... Um, I'm pleased that we were able to use. So, for example, we were able to use Jordan Devlin. He like he had a. He obviously had everyone had dates booked through to the end of the year with us. And Jordan Devlin is someone I'm I'm sad that I didn't get an opportunity to work with more because we he, he had a whole year's worth of dates and he'd done. Um, obviously, he'd done one show for us and then he broke his thumb, so he missed a few shows. And this past Tuesday was his kind of comeback show and he had shows for the rest of the year booked for us um, and uh, and his match with Zack Sabre Jr. was fantastic I thought and I thought that um, you know when I watched that I was just like oh it's such a shame we can't do you know we can't do more with him um, but um, but yeah you know plans change um, and it uh, and but it was nice that we were able to at least get you know the last match from Travis Banks it's nice that we were allowed to let have Ginny wrestle her last match and uh so yeah <laughs> who knows what the future it was all good who knows but like you say it's a, to me it's a, the most the most exciting thing for me is it just presents an opportunity for us to create some more stars um and creates a and you know like I've, I've always said like the last few months have been really hard for me to book shows because there's so much talent and i'm looking at my next uh my next cockpit show <laughs> as an example and um it's bursting at the seams with talent and I'm struggling to get everyone I want on the bill on the bill, and that's with having lost the you know the the names that we we've lost. Um, 
So, you know, to me, like, I think it's just, it bodes well for the future. Um, I think there's a number of names who are going to step up and be counted. And I think what Chris Brooks did was I was very admirable in many ways. Um, and I think that he's kind of made, made a stand and stood out from the pack and he's kind of bet on himself a little bit. Um, and like, you know, I, I wouldn't blame him if he wound up back with WWE at some point. I know it's not the style of wrestling that he's, you know, it's, it's not for me to talk about, you know, his decisions and, and stuff, but, you know, he's, he's very much knows what type of person he is and what, you know, what he wants to show the world in his professional wrestling. And um, I think that he's put himself in a, in a real good position to be able to do that because, you know, being the, the, being the one out of the group who doesn't sign makes him stand out from the pack. And like, I guess there was, a, you know, like a, we saw it last year when loads of guys signed with WWE, only four or five guys really stood out, like, you know, got anything from it, I'd say. Do you, would you would you agree? Well, yeah, you got your, like, your Tyler, Trent and Pete. Yeah, Wolf Mark, Gang and Mark Andrews, Wolfgang. But then outside of that, who from that WWE UK tournament and the UK contracts, who from that really outside of a few house show appearances for the UK tours, who really would you say furthered their stock? You yeah. know? And uh, so you're going to have your breakouts from that group, um, but some people might not, you know? So like, you don't, you really, it's not like, a, it's not like, um, you know, we talk, we've talk, spoke to, spoken about time and time again, like, so, you know, like how, um, you know, remember when James Ty got his OVW tryout, what a huge deal that was. Yeah. And then like, you had like, you know, when Paul Birchall signed or when Hayde Vanson signed or Nikita signed, what a huge deal that was because they were one of one. very few. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Birchall, Birchall was the first guy to get signed since, English guy to be signed Bulldog, to a WWE right? contract since, well, Regal, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was a big deal. Big, big deal. So, so yeah. So, it's kind of like, it's, it's a lot harder to stand out in the pack now and, uh, in making the decision that he's made at this time, Chris Brooks has been able to stand out. But you look at guys as well who've, who've also kind of made similar decisions over the years, like Will Ospreay, um, when he signed his, um, you know, first New Japan contract, he, there was a, he could have gone and done the Cruiserweight Classic. At the end of the Cruiserweight Classic, Zack Sabre Jr. could have gone on to to wrestle for WWE, but he, he didn't. And look at how, and Marty Skull, obviously, um, I don't know how many if he had the opportunity to but obviously he knew all the UK stuff was going on when Ring of Honor came calling and he made that decision to commit himself to Ring of Honor and look at how that's worked out for him so you know there, there is life outside of WWE for the first time Ever. in forever <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. Well, but since WCW went down anyway yeah and it's, it's like and, it, 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 and what's so great I think about it is people are able to paint their own picture and that's what I like about independent wrestling so much is the fact that it's different shapes sizes and uh, with independent wrestling what dictates um, if you're successful or not isn't the promoter it's uh, you know they can obviously put you in the positions to succeed but it's far more down to the individual isn't it it's down to self-marketing and you know the way you you carry yourself and the way you handle handle yourself with your fans and it's so much more hands-on um so and you get to really become the person you want to become and do the wrestling you want to do and travel to the places you want to travel you're in control of your own destiny so to speak um would you agree yeah totally were you even listening to my last point yeah <laughs> yes i was yeah whatever 
So yeah, so that's my view. That's my thoughts on it. Like okay. I got, like I say, no hard feelings to the guys. I wish everyone the best of luck. I hope they, I really, really hope they achieve something um, in in WWE UK. Um, like I say, like I'm, I'm kind of gutted they can't work for me. I'm also, it would also be nice because I, I feel that I, I'm kind of put guys in good positions. Um, they get to work some of the best wrestlers in the world um, and uh, some big shows, big environments, and they're able to so they're able to kind of learn from a lot of experiences on my shows. Um, so, on that hand, that's a sad thing for me. The fact that they're still able to go and work in the community center down the road in front of ten people, but they're not allowed to work, you know, in front of a thousand people yeah. wrestling one of the best wrestlers in the world. You know, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I think that you know, really, it's about. And and when when I spoke to WWE, that was one of the things they said. You know, they they want their guys to be able to work um, for good wrestling promotions and what you know have who have episodic staff who aren't just trying to play off their names and you know that was a direct conversation I had with someone very high up in uh, WWE like very very high up in WWE mm. and uh, um, so yes yeah, so that's kind of a you know a sad thing about it but you know like I say well within their rights to do it they own the contract they're paying the money them, they go. them the breaks yep so okay well you know You've got a rebuilding process to some it's degree. Not even, there's not even a rebuilding process. Like, I genuinely... You have to be be so defensive about No, it. but I, like, I genuinely believe... Like, I think people are making a mountain out of a molehill. Look at the guys. Like, again, there were some guys who I can't use, but, like, who weren't prominently featured. Like, I'd say outside of Travis Banks and Ginny, it's really, like, they were, like, obviously heavily featured on my shows uh, in, in very... You're yawning now. I'm not you yawning. I'm yawning yawn. I'm tired. You can literally hear you yawn. I'm yawning because I'm tired. I have to come from the gym. Um, so outside of those couple of people, there's, a, there's a, you know, like the other guys weren't as prominently featured on my shows. Yes, I'd like to have them on my shows still, but, you know, and, uh, there's guys who stepped up like El Fantasmo, like Aussie Open, you know, like David Starr, um, you know, Adam Brooks, Dan Arrows McGee, of Hungary. Arrows of Hungary, Josh Bodum. I know that'll upset people, me saying that name. Yeah. But, um, you know, guys like that, they really... Uh, they've stepped up so what more can I ask for nope. I'm a happy man I'm good. grateful I'm thankful Andy good alright okay you've got a lot of your chest there I can tell counselling session mm-hmm. that's what they are it's therapy do you know what else I was also thankful about go on in 2012 when I broke away from IPW UK well, see we became... could do this subject but we're going half an hour now this isn't a we've been going for 25 minutes have we what do you suggest we do? Suddenly change the topic halfway through after last episode. I said oh, we're yeah, going to talk did. about how we became Revolution Pro Wrestling. It was heavily promoted. Wasn't what it, are you so. going to What are you going to suggest we talk about? <sighs> You've got nothing, have you? <laughs> go on. I've got a million things, but go on. Go Let's on. talk about that. Go on. No, because we've decided. We've promised. We're not going to let the people down. So we talk about with. Should we talk about that time Lion Kid nearly knocked out the Fearless Flatliner? <laughs> uh, no, we won't bring that up. No. Okay, cool. Well, I've just brought it up. So. Okay. Just for just for giggles. No, no wait. Let, I will. I will reaffirm. There was absolutely zero violence at all. So um, yeah, it's not like Lion Kid had Flatliner, you know, on his up against the ropes, so to speak. There was just a bit of a shouting match. But there you go. Okay. So let's talk about it. <laughs> IPW Ref Pro. What happened? <laughs> um, what happened? So uh, a bit of back history. Um, so. Uh, I ran IPWK alongside Daniel Wedler. Um, 
I was a booker for the, the first part. So, like, um, a guy called Andrew Maddock, Fozzy, as oh, we yes. know him, affectionately. He was the original booker. Um, I kind of came in. We worked kind of together from uh, Return of the Dragon, which, which was a what? show which featured Super Dragon. And Samoa Joe versus Martin Stone was on there. It was a round-robin tournament, Martin Stone, Spud, and Samoa Joe. So that was, like, my first show in. Which was March 2005. Look at this wrestling encyclopedia right there. Yeah. Well, I'm just giving people a bit of context um, when it was. It wasn't last week, was it? Was no, it definitely, it definitely no, wasn't last week. Because all three of those guys are now Simon WWE, actually, aren't they? So. Oh, just more people being taken away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all three of those are now signed by WWE. And you can't yeah. touch them, so. No. Hands off. I can look fondly back at the footage. Yeah. So in March 2005, Return of the Dragon, Super Dragon is... I don't even remember what he was doing. And maybe was it a tag match with like Stevie Douglas and Aviv and El Generico? Maybe. Yeah, maybe something, know, like, something that, like that. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, so I, like from that point, and then the next the next set of shows was um, I, I seem to recall I could be wrong. Was the tag team tournament weekend of champions where you teamed with Harry Smith? Yeah, possibly. Um, that was that's kind July. of my recollection. Would that be and that be around the right timeline? Yeah, summer because it was like you know every yeah. every kind of two or three months there was a show to begin with, and we we wound up getting it to monthly shows at the Orpington Halls, and we turned the Orpington Halls into somewhat of a a rest, like I said, it was like an ECW arena type, wasn't it? The, ECW, yeah, the, the regulars yeah. would come, and and that's not really sort of like looking back with rose tinted glasses. That was like no, and I, but we'd have between two hundred and four hundred people depending on who was on. It was a surprisingly big draw on those shows, which sort of surprised me. Vampiro. Yeah, he was twice. We had yeah, him, but we he had was him a big draw. It was yeah. the day Eddie died. Yeah, and he uh, and he cut a promo. Yes. the day Eddie died about what a great friend he was, and yeah, but blah, shortly blah, after Eddie's Eddie book came out, yeah. and he was saying about what a piece of mm, Vampiro yeah. was. Right. So that was kind of interesting in itself, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so we obviously just took his word for it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, this is only minor, a minor story. But I can remember the the Vampiro show, the poster to save money. Was on the <laughs> yeah, same. He had was two. On, was two shows on the same poster, mm. and a woman came up to me. One was TLC. One was Vampiro. Right, and a woman yeah. came up to me on the show that was. Um, so let's say TLC was in September. The Vampiro That's show right. was October. Your, your months are right. Bang yeah. on. This lady on the September show came up to me. And she goes. Is Vampiro here tonight? And I was like, No, that's next month. And she's like, Oh, we thought he was here tonight. But what amazed me was, a that he'd even had the cheek to put Vampiro's name on a poster. When it, you know. it was very clear that it was, <laughs> but still okay. Because um, it was literally a poster which had two like two halves yeah, side which by is side. Very unconventional. Um, and also, I was also amazed that she was like there to specifically see Vampiro. And posters were a lot more expensive in those days. Yeah, they were. Yeah, no, I'm not doubting it, but still, like, mm. so. It's a vampire. So we're not going to go through the show by and show until we get to 2012. And were, but can I just point out that posters were so expensive that we also went through a like we did like a whole phase of shows where we just have the same poster and just put a sticker over the bottom of it mm-hmm. with yeah, a date the, with a new date. That like, was kind of like the like old school the, way. Wasn't like it? that was the old school way of doing it. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of you know. Well, but we we always had um, we always had unique show posters for our shows. But then obviously it just got to the point where it's just like. We, I, we need to save some money somewhere. I ran my first ever show in 2008. And I don't know if you remember this, but Paul Ash of the New Breed used to work at a printer's. Yes, he printed do, me yeah. 200, 300 posters for 20 quid. So that well, tells me right print wasn't you, very it? expensive. It tells you that someone was making lots of money off of it, doesn't it? Mm. So I guess... Oh, just, yes. Do you right. know what I mean? So, like, so, like, so print was still expensive, but... 
Um, Depends who, you, who your middleman was. Yeah. If you didn't have a middleman, you're okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, long story short, we'd, we'd, we'd turned the Orpington Halls into somewhat of a fortress. Uh, the Orpington Halls then shut down for refurbishment. Um, and I was... And I'd started to run my own IPW shows like outside of Alpington, um, and was still running the you know booking the the, the IPW shows, um, and uh, we we then went to the Bromley Civic Hall, which lasted it was an illustrious run of a, about a year I think yeah. until we got because we booked never really captured so that basically I think, well, no, well, I think it was actually a nice venue I think it did oh, well it was a nice like, venue, and, uh, but, but I thought I thought it was good and I think we would have recaptured that magic but I think that the issue with that was. Um, I'm going to try and be as quickly as possible. The issue with that was um, we'd booked a year with with dates. If we were able to keep that for a second year, I think it would have turned into something. But that venue had such a plethora of issues. And some of it was down... Like, So first of all, they didn't like the noise which was created by the wrestling fans um, because of a local area. But I don't ever recall there being much around other than if you were to walk outside it on a Sunday afternoon, you might hear people chanting holy hmm, or okay. something. Um, so they didn't like the noise which was created by the wrestling fans. Um, secondly, at one show, one of the first ones there we did, one of our good friends um, ripped a toilet seat off one of the toilets. Did they? Mm. Okay. Should yeah. I tell you my story about Bromley? We, we will get to this. Do you remember you had Eugene booked? But can I just say one oh, other thing on, as okay. well? Because on. this one involves a celebrity. Okay. Ricky Hype. Yep. Ricky Martin from The Apprentice. Yep. One day, and I saw it happen, he literally leaned on one of the windows. There was like glass, like shop front windows, mm-hmm. like out, like... Yeah, they were quite open. Yeah. yeah. He leaned on one of the windows. It just literally exploded. Really? <laughs> yeah. And obviously, so they were just like, they damage the venue, they do this, they do that. Okay. You're out. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Booted out. Like, so it wasn't you're out. Like, it was like, we, we, we'd kind of done the full year, and then it was like, can we book some dates for next year? And we're like, oh, I think we'll uh, yeah. leave it there. We'll leave it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, it's their loss. You, know, you were renting that hall at a time when no one else would be. Yeah. So. And uh, and then, obviously, that's that's as a result, then, how I wound up um, kind of getting more... And the, that moving to the Bromley Civic Hall was where I'd spoken about um, getting Len involved and it was RQW Presents and Len was providing the production um, and then when we lost that um, Bromley that was like Dan was kind of done at that point um, and then I kind of took it off in a direction um, the following year so that would have been 2008 and then moving into 2009 would have been the first Sittingbourne show um, which we spoke about a few weeks back yes so do you want to tell your story about that venue Eugene oh so Bromley yeah, yeah. so alright so this is doesn't really it's not, we're not following that narrative we, we haven't got onto it yet but so in 2008 you had Eugene booked and Eugene got deported, essentially. Mm, funny story, he didn't have a visa. Mm. So he got sent home. <laughs> but can I tell you how this also went as well? Go on. So Eugene, so he didn't have a... So back in those days, we were like outlaws, weren't we? Mm. <laughs> and, you were, uh, have to do with me. All right. You advertised Billy Gunn, who didn't have a visa, didn't you? No. To a, a leisure centre in Petersfield. No. Yeah. And then what happened to him? <laughs> Same thing. Caught kind of. Oh, Just carry on. Okay. Um, uh, so, anyway, um, he had this story about why he was. Uh, the Statue of Limitations have passed, right? I don't. <laughs> He's fine. It's nothing to do with me, anyway. So, um, so he had this story about why he wasn't there, and Dan used to have this thing where he wouldn't answer his phone. 
he used to be scared of talking to people That's on the phone. Right. Do you remember if he that? didn't have the number, he wouldn't talk it, to anyone yeah. on the phone. Think yeah. all the lost revenue from ticket sales right? and stuff. And yeah. So the person from immigration calls up uh, to verify uh, Eugene's story about why he's coming into the UK. Um, and Dan does not basically answer. Dan doesn't answer and he goes through to his voicemail and do you know what the voicemail says okay yeah yeah this is Dan from IPW no it's like welcome to the IPW UK ticket box office oh, please leave right. your details and do you know what I mean mm-hmm. so uh, yeah and that's obviously why his, uh, his cover was blown he was sent back so that's why Eugene wasn't there okay yeah. so you said to me I need to do something right I need to do something big and uh, a couple of years before somehow I'd end up with this Legion of Doom DVD and it had a bit, obviously, documenting the bit where they came out with the, the helmets and the pads. And mm. they looked the business, right? So in my infinite wisdom, I'm like, right, me and James need something as a tag team. I'm going to invest some serious amount of cash. Well, especially to me, about 24. I'm going to get some helmets made up and essentially replicate that. But we can have lions on the head. So they're hockey helmets with, um, like, you must admit, like, they look really cool. And uh, you said to me, I need something to replace Eugene. So can you debut that gear here tonight? So I was like, I was a bit like, oh no! Like I'd bought all this, I'd spent all this money on it. We'd, we'd, uh, but I got nervous. I got kind of cold feet wearing it because, in you know, when I'd seen it on like video, it looked amazing when the Legion of Doom walked out with it at WrestleMania. But with all due respect, coming out to it at the Bromley Civic Hall, um, it probably <laughs> wasn't going to be had the same sort of you know g- grandeur to it okay so it might just look a little bit out of place so uh so you say can you bring it so i bring it and all the that me and james got it on and uh and all i swear everyone was like mate you look amazing like that looks so cool and uh so obviously we did it to, to be intimidating you know much the way the legion do more it you know it wasn't it, it was it was supposed to be we are big aggressive lines these amazing helmets that i will take a picture of which you will put on the facebook page because it really looked the business anyway my opponents are in the ring, which, funnily enough, are my three best mates, LT, Aviv, and Eamon. And we, me and James come to the ring in our kit. And what do they do? They do the worst possible thing you could do. Take the piss. Yeah. They sit there and laugh and take the piss. And they're rolling on the floor laughing at us. And I'm like, I'm absolutely flabbergasted because I'm like, how do they think this is going to get us over? You know, we're coming, back, we're coming in with like a really unique look that people are going to have to try and take seriously. And then our opponents, who also happen to be our best mates, are sat there laughing on the floor. And, like, obviously them laughing on the floor, they made the crowd laugh at us, and I just wanted to walk out. I was like, you completely effed this up, like, any more than, you know, you couldn't have messed this up anymore. So that is my biggest um, memory of that Bromley venue. And um, that's and, and that's interesting as well, because that, for you, like... You were never the same again with those, were you? I think they I just think I retired. One more time. And I thought, I thought maybe like, oh, maybe it, like it might work at Butlins. Do you know what I mean? Like you got good, cu- you know, some of them shows have a couple of thousand people at. I thought maybe it looked good coming out of Butlins, but no, I never wore them again. I think I wore them one more time, um, and even that took some convincing. So yeah, yeah, and that's that is interesting, isn't it? And that's but uh, that cost me a grand, all in total, yeah, all that stuff, and, and just because they sat there and laughed at it. They killed your, the gimmick, your stone insu- dead. Your insecurities. It's not my insecurities. It's well, the fact like they a, killed the gimmick, like A couple dead. of hundred people in Bromley weren't going to be like... Well, yeah, okay, so maybe it is, because then you're fearful that it's going to happen every yeah. time. Because you had it, the, you know, the audience was kind of like a smarky crowd. They were like, oh, what a rush. And, you know, Luke's going, oh, who do you think you are? The Legion of Doom. And like, <laughs> oh, like, that's obviously 
what we've taken it from, but and and let everyone realise that. But you're not supposed to be taking the piss out of it. Yeah. So that's not how you get a gimmick over. Yeah. So it takes yeah. two to get things over, as well as repetition, repetition, repetition. Um, so anyway, come on, let's hit this 2012. I'm sorry, mate. I wanted to hit 2012, but then you uh, you went off on a tangent about your heart being broken. That's so it. We gave up after. Um, You're just sat there on your phone. No, I'm not. I'm actually... See, you think I am, but I'm, I'm not being you where you're, you're literally right now scrolling through eBay hoping you've sold a... A little bashed sale. up John Cena action figure. Had a sale come in then, just checking. It yeah. was on airplane mode. Um, good for you. Um, now, all I'm looking to do is I'm looking to pull up some some messages. So we spoke about um, we spoke in great detail um, about the the IPW Revolution show. So oh okay, so I do need to tell you some stories. So um, so uh, I in 2000. Uh, 2009, the start of 2009, I ran a tour which was affectionately dubbed the Superstars of Wrestling Tour with Big Vito, Al Snow, Doug Basham, Oblivion uh, Oblivion from the Gladiators, otherwise known as NWA World Heavyweight Champion Magnus. Um, And it had uh, the Iron Lions, the first ever tag team combination of Zack Sabre Jr. and uh, Marty Skrull. Okay. Um, And it had Sabian. From yep. CCW. Yes. Black G's. Did he not have pre-WWE Mason Ryan on it? Or did he do... No, he was a bit after. So Oblivion went off to TNA <clears> and Mason pre-WWE Mason Ryan, a.k.a. Goliath, came in as his uh, essential replacement. Of course, that's so, the connection, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, um, long story short, um, when I did that show, so Tony... So this is going to tie into another episode when we finally get to talk about the relaunch FWA 2.0 yeah. right but so remember this story Tony Simpson comes up to me uh, so Tony Simpson who's also also known as Tony Sefton he ran um he he's he promoted an IPW show um or he was about to promote some IPW shows in Swanley and he used to work down the road. He used to work at the Royal Bank of Scotland, and I used to work down Commercial Street in London, and or Fashion Street off of Commercial Road in London. Um, and um, we used to meet up and we'd talk about the shows and whatever. And I said to Tony, so Dan became a, um, a um, I don't want to say a nuisance. He was like, he wanted too much control for something that he was... Like, he put so no he'd, financial... He's put no financial anything in and also was no longer interested in promoting shows because he couldn't make them work. And I remember saying to him, listen, I'm going to run my own shows because what was what was happening with the Bromley shows towards the end? I was like, let's go out postering. He wouldn't be asked to go out postering and I'd wind up doing it myself. Or let's go and put some flyers out. I'd do it myself and he wouldn't do anything. And like, we were putting in the same amount of money and getting the same out of it. But I started being like, well, if he can't be asked to go out and put the posters up, then I, and this is before the training school, right? Then I'm not going to be asked to put the posters up either. So I was almost... So you beat your nose off to spite Exactly, your face. right? Yeah. And I was like, how ridiculous is this? And then like towards the end, the training school came and he used to send out people to do it in his place, which is fine. But he'd be like, oh, my trainee there, that's me for a day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, whatever. Um, but then he started wanting to get those guys on the shows which obviously the training school hadn't been around for a long time and the guys weren't good enough to be on the shows right reality of the situation but like obviously if the trainees were on the shows they'd then wind they'd wind up selling more 
training school places. Do you know what I mean? So like it'd be like, oh, we should go to training more regularly because then we can we can get on the shows. Yeah, you know, um, and that was kind of a, that was kind of his mentality and his his bottom line essentially was a training school. Um, so um, I was like, you know, we need to start. Um, we need to separate this a little bit and kind of, you know, you just run your shows and I'll run mine, knowing full well that he was never going to run any shows. So he kind of let me get on with it. But then um, when Tony came, like Dan suddenly got interested again, right? And Tony just wanted to run shows and I was going to work with him running shows and whatever and we got along with each other and it was fine, right? But um, so the only thing with Dan actually had any stake to was probably the, the name. The original name, yeah. And um, so I... Uh, when I was running this Superstars of Wrestling Tour, and we've spoken about print being expensive, right? I got, I can't remember how many programs, but it was something like five or 10,000 programs. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about, sorry, how, print, how expensive print was yeah. and posters were. Right. So programs, even more expensive, if you imagine, yeah. you know, how many pages are in them and whatever. So I got like five, 10,000, however many programs printed, which were programs for the year, right? And I said to Tony, my exact words were, listen, Tony, I said like, Dan's a liability, Right, but this is at the time, right? And uh, I, and I'm not again. I'm not getting involved in anything. You know, this is complete unbiased. I'm not getting involved in anything from later on, right? But Dan's a li- Dan's a liability. Um, you know, I like, but I do, I can work with him because I've worked f- with him for all these years. Um, but personally, I would like to rebrand my promotion and move forward as another promotion. I said I've got these programs that are coming out. I said, this wrestling tour, like I'd I'd registered the web addresses for each place, town we went to. So like, for example, we did a show in Bogner. So we had bognerwrestling.com, Portsmouth, portsmouthwrestling.com. So that was my kind of strategy. Like we're going to localize the shows anyway. So like, you know, if the IPW brand, which I didn't own, disappeared... It wouldn't matter. Port- it wouldn't matter because people who from Portsmouth know they go on portsmouthwrestling.com to well, buy their tickets. There's a, there's a pro in Ireland who... Um Steve Muldoon he used to train at Mark's Wrestling School in Portsmouth and then Mark sent him packing because he didn't think he was good enough or something. But anyway, Stephen decided he was going to open a wrestling promotion in Ireland, which I believe is somewhat successful. I think he goes to, you know, uh, he'll do like a year solid of shows and then not do anything for a couple of years. But anyway, the point is he owns wrestling.ie, which is obviously wrestling.island. And that's just go wrestling.ie. That's it. That's yeah. almost what it's branded as is wrestling.ie. So um, yeah, so that, and, and and that's a, so that's it. So I was just like, I was like, I'm literally, I'm telling you now, this is a time we can. And it was, I remember the cafe we were sat in, and I was having like an all day breakfast because I was a disgusting human being, um, and uh, and I said to him, I was like, listen, um, we need to uh, like, I, I my recommendation is we break off, we rebrand something different, um, and we move ahead. I said, but. And he was like, no, we need the IPW name. We need the IPW name, right? It's funny how sold he was on that. But that's so ludicrous because, like I say so many times, like, that might be valuable now through the power of social media. Yeah. Social media is, was was minimal, bare minimal, even eight, nine years ago. So that just seems odd the way he's so adamantly, no, we need Yeah, it no, he be. was. He was absolutely adamant. We need the IPW name. It's got the history. It's got the... Which, obviously, it doesn't have... Uh, it doesn't have a history, um, so um, 
so yeah, so that was uh, that was kind of where Tony came in, um, and which is interesting because we'll bring that back later when I talk about my involvement in the FWA 2.0, and I'm sure you've got some wonderful stories about FWA oh, 2.0. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that was my first opportunity to rebrand. <coughs> he didn't want to do it. I wanted to carry on working with him, so I was like, okay, that's fine. Because like for me, I was absolutely fine with it because like I said, like I had no problem working with Dan. Like I know what he's like, but had no problem working with him so whatever um and um and he took a chance on me booking the shows all those uh all those years ago right so i you know because of that i kind of had a sense of loyalty towards him as well so you know to me it didn't really matter and i was quite attached to the ipw name as well because i'd worked so hard on building that name but anyway long story short so i continue as ipw we've discussed how we then walk into the sitting born shows and start to get a bit of traction producing the type of wrestling that we produce now um which is obviously a high quality top end wrestling i just came to that realization of oh maybe just everyone's really really good on the show we can produce better shows and the shows are flow better and whatever we don't need to have uh we're going to put this match on to bring the people down we don't need that do you know what i mean like we're going to try and entertain the people which seems ludicrous even me just saying it now we're going to try and entertain the people and have the people involved and excited and up for every single match rather than good match let's bring them down good match let's bring them down do you know what i mean and um uh and let's stop worrying about because i was always i was always prided myself on booking around people's limitations um but i was like wow imagine if people don't really have that many limitations imagine how good i could book people then do you know what I mean yeah and like I think some some of that work was very good and some of it was kind of to the detriment like if I'm being honest looking back like because it did lose some characters that would have been on the shows which weren't because of my new philosophies um, and I think I've got a much better balance of that now but again it's all hindsight's twenty twenty, and you can look back and see how things have changed and, and whatever have you and I think I've got a real good balance on I would say it because I'm trying to sell a product mm. but I think I've got a real good balance on my shows and you even look at you know just the acts you know from you've got your great wrestlers like your Zack Sabre Juniors but you've got your characters like the Legion of Lords you know and you've got strong storylines you've got strong matches and I think it's just a more encompassing or well more well-rounded product now um, but anyway I start to get a little bit of um you know, the accolades going for these sitting born shows. And every now and again, I'd do something big. And every time I do something big, Dan would pop up and run one of his shows. And we'd share that we shared the website. I paid to have a website redesigned, completely overhauled, because I, I had, uh, again, our website was so like pre, it was, it was just, it was just so old and dated. Um, that the, I got the design done. And the this design seems completely mad though. Like, cause, because you don't have, any claim to it yeah i know right that'd be like so we've run shows together being like oh andy i've paid 500 quid to get rev pro redesigned yeah i mean i appreciate you've you've always always stayed in but like you know like it was it was but it was it's kind of it's a big risky it was but it was but you need to understand i was running it as if it was my own company yeah and like i had my own separate company registered um where i was run so you know, I'd had my own set of accounts. So when Dan ran his show, his was through a, I guess he was a sole trader. When I ran my shows, mine was through my limited company. So like in from 2009 onwards. So um, we always, so like I was kind of protected in that sense. But like you say, yeah, I didn't have the money for the, I didn't have the, the rights to the IPW brand name, but I did stuff like um, I branded the ring. Like I got a ring canvas with the IPW logo on. I got the ring skirts with the IPW logo on. The posts with the IPW logo on. I had new t-shirts made. I had belts made, you know, 
it was just as if it was my promotion. And I didn't ever think for a second that it never would, that it would ever not be my promotion. Because I always thought at the end of the day, like, um, you know, I, my assumption was because Dan, bearing in mind in, uh, you know, when the last show in Albans and Halls, Dan was going to jack it in. After the Bromley Civic calls, Dan was going to jack it in. So, you know, I you never... You thought eventually you'd just go, you at yeah, me, mate. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. right? Um, but he'd come and he'd, he'd run these shows. And, like, the shows he'd run, like, and I, I, I'm, again, I'm not here to be like, oh, he did this wrong, he did that wrong. But some of the shows he ran were terrible. Like, in terms of, like, you know, the, I, a completely different style of wrestling. I can remember uh, one of his trainee shows in a venue, and I want to say he did a dead wrestler rumble, we called it. Uh, yeah, he did, yeah, yeah. Which I think I refuse to be a part of. Yeah. I can't say that 100%, but I don't. I remember getting there being like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Purely because, again, having aspirations of WWE in my mid-20s, I wasn't going to go out there and pretend to be the British Bulldog and then offend someone. Do you know what I mean? Then someone finds out about it and how absurd and how ludicrous it is. And yeah, so that's the, those are the kind of shows he was running at that time. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Right. And whereas I was running Daniel Bryan versus Neville, you mm. know, like, and uh, yeah, obviously they weren't Daniel Bryan and Neville then, but that was, yeah. you know, the contrast. Um, so, um, so anyway, um, from there, um, every time I ran something, anything, anything of significance came along, Dan would then, and he stopped coming to the shows as well. He used to always come to the shows that I ran, but he just stopped coming to the shows. Um, and, uh, you know, and, but anytime there was anything of significance, he'd pop back with a show. And I think the real straw that broke the camel's back was around that NWE time when we did NWE Revolution. And obviously, like I said, we shared the website. So he had like, like shared access to the website. And I remember I did a, an advertising campaign in the Daily Mirror. Um, obviously, national newspaper, big advert for the Daily Mirror, um, and like we had like a in the day in the Daily Mirror, um, and and we had like a, a featured event. So like a the website we use is it shows you how dated it is. The website that I had designed is pretty much the same Revolution Pro Wrestling website that we have today. Um, but again, if you look at the Revolution Pro website as it is today, again it's not been updated for ages. But um, if you look at the actual website, you can see how ahead of its time it would have been in 2012, right? Um, and uh, or whatever year I had it done, um, so uh, it was it would have been before 2012. It'd been like 2010 probably. Um, I had it done, um, but anyway, um, the uh, you were saying how you pay for that advert and the yeah, uh, featured and event on the so website. So feature event on the website. You go on the website and it's like a trainee show like in Swanley with like a couple of skinny kids on the poster is like the featured event on the thing and I'm like my advert came out today like can't like do you know what I mean and like I just changed it back and then it changed back to his event do you know what I mean like I get that feature even though I've we've already spoken in great detail about how much went into that show and how much I spent on that show and you know trying to pull it round and make it work and I paid for those adverts in the Daily Mirror and I was just like this typifies it really and then like the show came along and he he had like a he had I gave him a booth for him and his mates and he was up there in the booth getting pissed while I was working hard at making this show happen but he was taking all the you know thank you Dan thank you Dan <laughs> taking all the credit you know um and anyway this this kind of went on for a little while just little things back and forth like that um and um and then so this is really interesting. So then the way this all came about. Now I can't remember exactly the way this this all happened. So like this this all there was lots of different um, 
there was lots of different things happened um, where where he had come at and do this, that, and the other. Uh, and basically, something happened between him and Jimmy Havoc. And I can't remember what it was, but I know Jimmy Havoc wound up punching him in the face. Yeah, didn't it, didn't right. it involve someone getting slapped on the back or... Oh, maybe Dan slapped him on the back and Jimmy turned around and punched him in the yeah, face or that, something. I wouldn't remember that if you hadn't and, mentioned it. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and Jimmy Jimmy basically said... Uh, Dan basically said... So Dan... <laughs> so Jimmy messaged me all worried. And I was like, don't worry about it, mate. Yeah. Right? But then Dan went and removed Jimmy Havoc's profile from Uh-oh. the website. Yeah. Right? And I was like, it's nothing... Like, your issue with Dan isn't going to stop me using him but Dan was like you're banned you're barred from IPW never going to work for IPW again which is really funny because Jimmy Havoc was Dan's go-to guy when he started running shows in opposition to Rev Pro later on right yeah um, and um, and I used Jimmy Havoc on one of my camp shows right yeah. and then I get a message from Dan shall I read it yeah verbatim yeah as long as there's no bad language. Is there... I don't know. Either. Is there really nobody you can use to the point you have to use Jimmy? It looks horrific for me if he can go around abusing our trainees and punching me and IPW UK is booking him, whether it's on your shows or mine. And then this is the killer line. I feel we're about as far apart as ever with regards to the IP, with regards to IPW UK as a brand. Do you want to reconcile, or would you be happier if we were to split? I think we have similar yet very different views on how to conduct ourselves personally, and with regards to brand management. Let me know. Dan's a poker player. He was trying to mm. play his cards, and I was like, "Yeah, we kind of have, right?" So. Here's my reply. And again, I apologize. This might make me look in a bad light. I don't know. Because I've, like, like I said, I've not read it. This is the first time I've pulled it up in five years. So I wrote back saying, um, not that I need to justify my use of any talent on my shows, but in regards to using Jimmy, um, as you know, with 75% owners on site, we try to use as many different people on the camps as possible to keep things fresh. And Jimmy brings a different style to the shows. Um, we can use the odd trainee here and there. Um, and the offer was made to use guys from a Kent school, Kent school, from a Kent school to help out, but the uptake has been zero outside Steve and Joel, who cancelled on me the last three weeks. That sounds about right, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, but ultimately, this is a paid event, and they expect professional guys. The pool of talent is very gym- limited due to it. Th- due to it, firstly being camp season, and secondly being midweek. Jimmy worked there, worked there last year, and did really well. And as a result, he was used for this past week's show. And then we move on to it. The sticker. In regards to the IPW brand, you're, you're right, we do have very different views. All I've ever been interested in is producing the highest calibre of shows with the best wrestlers and highest production values possible, which is why I coined the phrase pro wrestling at its best. This has never and will never change. We cannot fill the shows with trainees because they're cheaper or pros- prostitute the integrity of the shows. We have a great reputation because we're known to put on the best shows and somewhere down the line that's been lost. I know I'm happy to look back at all my shows at Sittingbourne and say they're the best shows we could have put on at that time. I'm not sure what you mean about reconcile. That would suggest a falling out. And as I mentioned, I've never once changed my stance nor the way I've gone about developing and growing the IPW brand. But as you mentioned about a split, if this is what you want, then I'm happy to work with that also. Would you like me to buy the IPW brand out or would you be more comfortable with me producing another brand which carries the exact same philosophies I mentioned above? I'm easy either way. We do indeed conduct ourselves in a very different manner and when Jimmy uh, uh, and when the Jimmy incident happened, do you know how many people were talking about 
about you being drunk at another company's show, shouting stupid stuff loudly during the show, as well as the altercation with one of our talents and a coach at your school, as well as cancelling the Crawley show, because that's another thing you'd do, you'd announce shows, put tickets on sale, not sell tickets and cancel the shows. Yeah. So we announced a show in Crawley with El Generico on, put tickets on sale, thought he was going to get a little Brucey bonus, you know, straight away in uptake on ticket sales, didn't, and cancelled it which I'd always made a point of never doing cancelling shows. Um, so, as well as cancelling the Crawley show a few days after announcing it, and possibly doing the same with the rearranged date, which he did, um, it's all very bad for the brand, don't you think? Let me know how you want to proceed, and we'll move forward professionally either way. Any thoughts? Well, it's well worded, yeah. Hmm. Fair enough. So, uh, maybe... It's hard, like, to be in business with someone that's... Sort of mm, say he's in it for some glory. Like he loved, he loved it that it was IP Dan Edler from IPW. Whether it be the wrestlers trying to get work, or you know the fans saying what a great show. Well, you know, like a lot of people thrive off that. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean in wrestling, in life. Like everyone likes to be appreciated. People like it when people say nice things about them, don't they? Right, exactly. Understandable. But it can't be your sole purpose in life. Yeah. So. it almost was. I mean, I can't remember whether you said he was working in a casino. I think my brother ended up working with him, like coincidentally, or, or went to that casino maybe where he was working at the time. Um, so, yeah, he obviously had a real job, but, yeah, it was almost like his sole purpose of doing these wrestling shows were to thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Like, fan- so, like so my point is, like you saying, I'll get away from that. Like, he almost like, does it didn't have bet any semblance. Doesn't matter, does it? Like, no. you're just like, okay, fine. Yeah, I don't lose anything you know I mean? from this. Yeah, apart from that name IPW, which may, you know, if that Troxy show, if you'd sold three thousand tickets to that Troxy show, like the obvious plan was, maybe you could have gone. Oh, actually, I quite want this IPW name. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But you didn't, unfortunately. No. So, um, so uh, I could, you know, like, so from here he goes on about blah blah blah. Saying how postponing the Crawley show's good because moving to a Saturday will help. Obviously, okay. that show it's was cancelled anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, ultimately, he says, uh, "Oh, so he like so he put with what I mean of how we conduct ourselves is that I get back to people, and the number one criticism people levy at me regarding you is that you're very hard to get in touch with. No. Some things never change. Some things never um, change. Funny enough, I just had a message about that. Really, who from? I'll tell you off here. Um, and I'll think about how we best split." Was basically what Dan replied. Okay. Um, so, um, and he was saying that I didn't, I, I, I don't understand that, uh, I, I'm not understanding of the fact that people, the trainees weren't available to work my shows in midweek, blah, blah, blah. And I replied saying, I do understand that it's hard, which is why I'm explaining my options are limited. So when I've got someone who's a fresh face and a solid worker, I'm going to use them for the betterment of a show. And then I replied, and then I said, when you're a public face of a brand, and you're at a place closely associated to that brand, how you conduct yourself does impact that brand. Being hard to get hold of, well, it doesn't. But that's neither here nor there, and I guess we will have to agree to disagree disagree on that one. Um, And then... uh, (laughs) And then he started going, see, this is where I disagree. IPW, when it was great, was about taking good... an average talent and making stuff excellent. You'd never end up with a JC Thunder stuff, a battalion stuff with your new ethos, which is stuff which I made, by the way. Yeah. The JC Thunder storyline, as you know. Um, uh, there's room for both. Uh, there's room for both on a well-paced card, which I agree with him. Um, 
Uh, anyway, if you're going back to selling DVDs rather than on demand, I'm sure it'll work very well your way, though. Because um, I, I actually, in 2000 and... Uh, I guess 2011, 2010, 2011, I had the first uh, UK on-demand service. But it was just too early for the time. Yeah. But that's an example of a type of investment, and it was expensive to do at that time as well. An example of a type of investment I put into it, I had the first UK on-demand service as well, but it didn't really take off, and it took until you know a few years later until we re- relaunched it. Um, but yeah, so then ultimately... He goes, in the meanwhile, what's a Twitter and YouTube email passwords? I'm logged into both on my phone, but not a desktop, as I've got a couple of bits to, I've got a couple of bits to upload multimedia-wise as I'm busy promoting my September 15th event. And this was a big mistake, because I gave him the password to a Twitter account, and that's where I lost a Twitter account, which I started that Twitter account, and I built up like 10,000 followers at the time or whatever. Oh, really? Okay. So I lost the Twitter account. Um, so, so, like, I just wrote, um, you know... I could argue my point all day, but ultimately it's not going to achieve anything. As you're entitled to your opinion as I am mine, I guess we, we need to part and move forward. I've put my two scenarios on the table. Have you any ideas how you'd like to proceed? Um, I'd like to get everything cleared up in as quick and timely manner and tidily as possible. Um, so, um, and I gave him the Twitter password. So he's like, thank which you. Was what? It was IPW2009, actually, <laughs> oh. which seems like a ridiculous password to use <laughs> at the time, doesn't it? None of it's still there. Um, <laughs> um, Billy was like, shit, changing the world. <laughs> um, so he says he's going to think about the idea further and discuss it with those who would be relevant my end. I seem to be more attached with the brand and you seem to be more attached with a slogan. Would that assessment be correct in your eyes? Right? So anyway... I'm like, I'm not sure what you mean. So I don't think that's a fair assessment at all. The slogan's part of the brand and not something you get caught up on, especially in, context, in the context you mentioned. It's something I created to enhance our brand identity, simple marketing to strengthen the brand perception and make it stand out as that is what IPW meant as the show's evolved. I used it, earlier, used it earlier to answer a statement by yourself as an example of how my philosophy in regards to the shows has and never will change. Um, everything I do is geared towards building and strengthening the brand and all you have to do is take a look around you at one of my shows or view one of my show threads to realise this. Branding isn't the name or the initials, it's the entire image that we display. I think this is the most important part of this whole story right so it's not the name of the initials it's the entire image we display if you honestly think i've done uh, what i've done for the brand including just keeping it alive is a bad thing then we're further apart on our views than i could ever imagine you brought me up the idea of a split i'm just trying to find a quick solution to the problem i've tried to make it as easy as possible for you offering up a couple of scenarios that can see us both going our chosen direction i'm not looking to drag this out make things difficult or argue over what ultimately are mute points i've got i've got shows to promote i'd like to keep the ip IPW brand for the simple fact that when people think of IPW now, they think of Sittingbourne, as I've invested so much time into strengthening the brand awareness over the years. I've offered you a scenario to make this happen, but ultimately it seems like you want to discuss purely the free what the you want to discuss purely the free letters that are part of the brand, um, when it's the ethos, dedication, and hard work of all those involved with it that are the integral part, and that's the same dedication that I'd take into a new brand and build it exactly the same way I've done since Orpington shows ended and Sittingbourne's developed. Either way, I'm not looking to drag this out, and for your situation and clarity, maybe we can get it sorted and a resolution to this problem. And, uh... Good night. Boom. Done. Uh, and then he argues some more stuff, and then basically... The, the, the end of it was like I bought so he wrote I think there's a very split split, split view as to whether your shows have enhanced or declined the brand I don't understand how anyone could say that yeah um We've outlined already where we disagree. It's not really worth going over again. I brought up the idea of a split 
to try and uh, and get a response out of you. But since you seem uh, keen on it, then it's for sure the best idea. So there, you know, he instantly comes out and says, you know, I was just trying to get a response out of you. Oh, right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so I brought up the idea of a split to try and get a response out of you. Okay, so you didn't really mean it. No. He's like the girlfriend who's like dumps you and then takes yeah. it back. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And then he wrote, but since you seem to so keen on it, then for sure it's the best idea. I don't think you could afford what it would take for me not to be attached to the IPW brand name, so I'll leave a ball in your court. And that was the last I heard from him. Oh, was it? Yeah. And then on the day of the show, so I, I had a show that week on the Sunday of 26th of August. Um, and, uh, 2012. 2012. The Summer Sizzler. So that's why the Summer Sizzler is like a kind of important event to me. We've got Summer Sizzler coming up on the 17th of August this year. Um, and... Um, that was the last I heard from him. On the day of the Summer Sizzler, the Twitter account password changed. I no longer had access to it on the day of the show. The Facebook passwords changed. I no longer had access to it the day of the show. Right. So I literally had nothing to do. So what date are so, we talking here? The, that so email that, that email was sent on the... <laughs> so that was the last... Uh, how do I see the date? Oh, so that was the 22nd of August. So five, four or five days later. Mm. Yeah. And... Uh, and the, my show was the 26th of August, yeah. Okay. So, between that time, and I said, this is like how the Revolution Pro Wrestling brand started. Like, obviously, I feel like it was been alive for a lot longer. And when we first started the brand, we did recognize a lot of the IPW history. But I feel we've written our own history now and no longer need to even mention the IPW initials because I don't even think people are aware. Well, there's one thing you could mention. What? Well, I was IPW champion well, we could, twice. Yeah, well, that's the only why. man to win a, the British Championship from a wheelchair. Well done. So we'll mention that there, there was a lot of history involved with IPW, and I, you know, I'm I'm proud of everything we did there. Um, but you know, like I think at the time, like using Revolution Pro Wrestling, I'm aware we're we're going long. I, I won't keep it much longer, but using Revolution Pro Wrestling, um, I wanted to kind of um, you know tell people, yeah, we're still the same. It's the same team of people working on it. Um, you know, but how did Revolution Pro Wrestling come about? We could have been a lot of names, mm-hmm. right? And you know how we settled on Revolution Pro Wrestling? God. Literally, Alphabet Soup trying to find wrestling promotions where a website was available. Really? Yep. Okay. So I'm thinking about all different names. So obviously, I'd done Revolution at the Troxy, which I guess is where Revolution came into it. Oh, I see. But like, I had the idea of just calling it Pro Wrestling at its best, right? Oh, that would have been horrible, idea. Well, it might have been, but yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, well, yeah, I can sit here and say that sounds horrible, but you know, you can't chant that, can you? <laughs> but no one type chants Revolution Pro <laughs> Wrestling. No, some Rev people try and chant RP Dub. Pro. Um, RP Dub. Uh, so, anyway, I literally went every time I'd, I'd think of a name, I'd have all these lists of names. I'd be going on thesauruses, I'd be going on, um, you know, just websites, I'd be looking at wrestling show names, whatever. And I'd just type in, like, for example, Revolution Pro Wrestling enter on the, the web search thing and it'd come up revolutionprowrestling.com is available revolutionprowrestling.co.uk is available and then I'd go RPWUK because it was like IPWUK RPWUK enter RPWUK.com is available so I was like ah oh, there's I'm my promotion RP Revolution revolutionprowrestling.com yeah I'd have thought there's there's hundred revolution well, there, is there was a revolution pro wrestling in Canada which was several years uh, in um, America okay California several years before right um, they just let it go and they, they I don't know if they had that website URL registered or and let it go or whether they just never registered that mm. revolutionprowrestling.com URL but basically out of all the ideas I had and I wish I still had the piece of paper like I used to write in notebooks at the time because um, I used to think that writing stuff down on paper would get my uh, 
my juices flowing. And it's funny because I was uh, looking at the drawing board again today. Obviously, I've planned out all my cards. Like we have, uh, I have a lot of thought process going to where stuff's going. But obviously, for example, we started a storyline with Travis Banks and Rob Elias at the last show, which can't go anywhere now. So we're trying to, again, I'm trying to plug stuff into the the gaps on the shows. Um, and I went back to pen and paper, writing it down, scratching people out, putting people in, you know, because um, I always used to find that that got my creative juices flowing. So that in the notebook, you'd see all the different names that I was thinking of. And then I'd, you know, go to the go to the old web URL gimmick and type it in and see what was available. Yeah. And Revolution Pro Wrestling just happened to be available. And my whole thing was it didn't... It didn't matter, like I said to Dan, like it didn't matter what what we're called. It's not about what the promotion's called. It's not about Alphabet Soup. It's a uh, it's about what the brand represents, um, and that's what I always intended to deliver on. Um, and what we did was, I, like I said, I never spoke again with Dan about that. Um, I I literally put my head down, came up with it. Um, it was actually Dave Sharp who created the. Uh, the Revolution Pro Wrestling logo from 4FW. So he was one of a few people I told about it. I told Dave Sharp about it. Um, Mark Sloan knew about it. He was the one who was like, you should definitely get split. <laughs> um, um, and uh, did you did you know about it? Yeah, I knew about it because we ran the wrestling school together. So we were IPW. Oh, okay. School, yeah, we? yeah. But, oh, but again, it was always the Portsmouth School of Wrestling, wasn't it? Yeah. So like it was, no, it was never going to be... Uh, was never going to be a big issue. But the only thing that did slip through the net was we never got our hands on Jay White because of it. I was going to say, did we mention that before? But I'm not sure if we did. I don't know. But like, there was obviously, we were the IPW UK Portsmouth School of Wrestling um, before we were Rev Pro Portsmouth School of Wrestling. And Jay White had uh, moved from New Zealand to come and train to wrestle. And he went on the website. He made his mind up. He was like, I'm going to I'm gonna go to uh, Revolution. Uh, uh, IPW's IPW. Portsmouth School of Wrestling. Yeah. And then and one day he went to the website and the information just wasn't there. So, so he assumed like, it was he assumed it was shut down and then went to the Varsity Pro Wrestling School of Excellence just around the corner. Yeah. Um, so we let him slip through our hands, but who knows? But it might not have turned out the way it did for him if he came through oh, our door. Knows, he might have been it. he might have been stuck with hardcore Tom on his first session and still be uh, yeah. <laughs> and given up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't know, do you? Hardcore Tom does listen to this show, so big shout out to Tom. Um, yeah, mainly I mean he might have given up because Tom might have beaten him up. Yeah. <laughs> so um so yeah so that 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 obviously we just rebranded again just rebranded the score it was all very easy to do but it was just that that transition period was tough and what i will tell you is so first of all it led to remember that um you we did, did that uh podcast about our worst moments and mine was running that show in castleford in front of 75 people okay Part of that was to prevent IPW UK from using Shinsuke Nakamura because Felix told me that he'd booked Shinsuke Nakamura from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And if I didn't use him on that weekend, then he was giving him to IPW. Yeah. So I was like, oh, and that's how I wound up doing that. And then he was like, oh, actually, Nakamura is no longer available, but I'd already booked the venue and paid the deposit and whatever. So I found myself stuck in Castleford and that wound up being a disaster. So that was one thing. Another big thing was... Um, what I found, which I thought was probably the most interesting thing about when I switched to Revolution Pro Wrestling, is I actually lost a lot of support. <coughs> so I think a lot of people saw it as... Because um, Dan had remained the face of IP, like IPW really throughout. So like you said, like, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. was a, mm. You know, and I think a lot of people thought that I had taken something from Dan without seeing the work that I'd actually put into keeping this thing alive. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and I think that there was a bit of resistance against the Revolution Pro Wrestling brand after that. And I know a lot of people were, like choosing sides, you know. And um, so that happened. Um, and um, you know there, there were other things that happened as well. Like just for example, when IPW, like Joel Redman and Mark Haskins said they wouldn't work for Dan Edler anymore. Like this was when. Um, they were the thrillers, a hot act for us, and I can't remember why, um, what the, re- the reasoning was, but I basically convinced them to come back and, and put them forward as the thrillers, and, you know, that's where we did all that great run with uh, the thrillers versus the leaders, right? But, like, I had to do that sales pitch to bring them back and kind of use it all the time we'd work together. You know, so it's just an example of some of the things I'd do to kind of hold everything together. Um, but then, when I became Revolution Pro Wrestling, some people did lose... Not, they were just kind of like we're siding with Dan on this one you've kind of do you know what I mean you're, you've come in and you've taken his baby and do you know yeah. what I mean without really knowing the situation without knowing what I'd put into it and without knowing the fact that you look around and you see all this brand and you see the IPW ring skirts the posts you see the, the lighting rig above the ring and you see the flags with the IPW and you see the you know the video screen and all that that was my investment. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That wasn't his. and But I don't think people realise that. So I think it took a little while to, to rebuild the faith in the people. And then when Dan continued to run his shows, and obviously in, in kind of in doing that, all it did was, when Dan was motivated, he was dangerous in the sense of like, he'd push forward and try and make stuff happen. Um, and I predicted he'd only going to last a couple of months and then would give up again. But he actually lasted a lot longer um, than I thought he would but like obviously he had a renewed rallied effort to try and produce something with IPW and uh, and obviously it didn't work but um, in doing that that forced people to kind of pick sides because I was like if Dan continued doing the same schedule that he was doing there would be no shows yeah. do you know what I mean but like so me kind of walking away almost forced him to kind of push forward and put on some shows um, so yeah it just took a while to, to re- I say rebuild a brand, but like to build a brand really. But like I say, it's ultimately I knew that um, the hard work, the, um, you know, that ethos, that, that kind of, that branding of pro wrestling at its best and, and everything it personified and stood for, I knew that that ultimately would win out. And I'm, I'm glad that I can sit here, was it six years later now? Yeah. Um, and I can sit here in hindsight and say, I definitely made the right call because in doing that, it's like almost like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Um, and literally the way we announced it was literally I just walked in to the show and I was like, this is now Revolution Pro Wrestling Summer Sizzler. Mm. That was it. There was no branding on the ring, nothing. But the next show, everything was branded. But it was just like, this is now Revolution Pro Wrestling Summer Sizzler. That's it. Thanks for from, coming. Like, yeah. from today, revolutionprowrestling.com is active. Um, RP, like the Revolution Pro Wrestling Twitter's active. Um, you know, and we just built, we literally built all our databases from scratch, literally from zero yep. um, from that day. Um, and, and we were able to start growing it into what it became today. So I guess in a nutshell, I don't really know if I told the full story, but I think I told I think I told enough of the story to kind of... Um, Be interesting. Well, I hope it was interesting. Yeah, I, I think mean, it you, certainly was, yeah. So, and, and certainly if you haven't heard it before... Hopefully it's interesting to you, um, and uh, and it's the first time that I've really spoken openly about it and said, you know, this is what happened, this is what didn't happen. For me, there was never any hard feelings. Um, I was just like, you know, I was about business. Do you know what I mean? I need to put my head down, get foot, move forward, and and make something happen. Um, and I and I believe I did. And uh, and yeah, 
So thankfully, revolutionprowrestling.com URL was available. Thankfully, Dave Sharp from 4FW was uh, able to knock up a, a quality logo for me. Um, and, uh, and thankfully, everyone eventually supported my decision and uh, and we got there and I always knew I'd have the wrestlers because like, you, know, you know the wrestlers who were involved um, I always knew they'd kind of keep supporting me regardless and I never made any I never said to anyone you can't work those shows you know I was just like yep go do whatever you want do you know what I mean um, and like I say we uh, we moved on we move on and Revolution Pro Wrestling six years on is uh is stronger than ever it's on the lips of wwe management um and uh yeah it's uh it's an exciting time so there you go well done thanks thank you andy thank you andy (laughs) (laughs) so so yeah there you go there's a story was that all right yeah i think so yeah good good so leave us feedback obviously leave us a review yeah do you know what i'd like to do andy go on uh, on maybe next week maybe next week oh, we have not discussed I'd like to do another mailbag episode I think I'd like to uh, we can't do that but I'll tell why? you why afterwards why I'll tell you afterwards have you got another idea yes but I'll tell you oh, afterwards. what's the subject going to be I'll tell you in a minute well, why can't Don't we tell the people deal. why can't because we tell the people yeah, I'll tell you in a minute but the people want to know, so they can tune in next week. No, it's fine. We don't do that. It's a surprise. But, but we just told them this week what we're going to do. I'm not talking about it. Well, I'll tell you in a minute. I'll tell you off air. All right, don't it's hit fun. me. Okay. All right, well, maybe in two weeks' time we can do a mailbag episode. In two episode. weeks' time we'll do a mailbag episode. Um, and next week we've got a surprise for you, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you've ruined it. So I hope we won't disappoint you next week with next week's exciting episode of the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at A-Quilden, A-Q-U-I-L-D-A-N. And at Boy Simmons, B-O-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N-Z. Any questions regarding anything, um, please do. Send We're just happy up. to talk as long as we get a follow in return. Yeah. Um, and also, um, what I would like to really ask you to do is tell a friend like rate subscribe review. and review but only if it's going to be five star five or right? well four still good but well four st- is still good but like as we were discussing when we were reading reviews earlier it's not impressive is it no so we want five out of five please help us out we're doing this for free every week for you all right cheers thanks for listening all right Bye. laters laters I can't wait to bring out my new t-shirt with <laughs> laters laters <laughs>